tonight. Father God, we thank you for your divine mercy and for your divine grace. We approach your throne with divine reverence for you. With an understanding, Lord, that we can do nothing without you. And we as your children, we worship at your feet. We adore you tonight. We want you to know that you are our God. You are our bread. You are our water. You are our strength. You are everything. And we look to you, Holy Spirit, to manifest your glory tonight. Breathe upon us. May we hear your voice and not the voice of a man. Have your way with your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight I want to talk about covenant pruning, the pathway to destiny. Covenant pruning, the pathway to destiny. You know, God has a pathway. He has a way of getting us to where he wants us to be. And truly, God is perfect in all of his ways. We may not understand some of the paths that he takes us down. But they are necessary. Amen. Every path that he, that he takes us down is necessary for our development and to get us to that place where God wants us to be. And so we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight. Some things God kind of placed on my heart. And I want to start tonight in the book of Jeremiah chapter 29. Jeremiah chapter 29. Y'all pray with me tonight. Amen. Let's look at verse 11. Very familiar verse of scripture here. 29, 11 of Jeremiah. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace. And not of evil to give you an expected end. I'm going to read that again. For God says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you. He's talking to us tonight. Amen. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. To give us an expected end is the promise Of covenant destiny. And the reason that he created us. Is to get us to that destiny. But to get us to that expected end. As I stated earlier is a process. It doesn't uh, come overnight. And usually it comes with. Difficulty, but God knows what he's doing. Amen? Amen. We have to always keep that in mind when we're dealing with God and when God is dealing with us. 
that he knows what he's doing. He knows the pathway. He knows how to get us to the destiny that he has designed us to experience before the foundation of the world. God knows what he's doing. Somebody say, God knows what he's doing. Even though right now you may not understand it, I may not understand it, God is doing his work in each and every one of us. Part of that is to prune us, to take us through different, different avenues of the crucifying of our flesh. And that can be painful and it can be confusing if we don't understand covenant. But we have, we have an understanding of covenant that what God is trying to do is trying to get us to that place where he wanted us to be all alone. We will understand that God is faithful to his word to perform his word in our life. Whatever he spoke to your heart, he meant it. If you spend any time alone with God at all, God will begin to speak to you concerning things that he wants you to do as a Christian, as a child of God, in your holy calling. But in order for him to get us to that position of, de of destiny, he has to allow us to experience some things that sometimes we don't like. But during that time, it's important to remember that you are in relationship with a covenant-keeping God. He will not fail you. He will not quit on you. His plan is real. Even though it may seem confusing sometimes, God is going to be faithful to get you there. Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 3. Thank you, Lord. I don't expect to get a whole lot of amens tonight, but that's okay. Cause this is this is this is this is good tonight. This is what we need tonight. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse eighteen. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. I want to focus on that last ending part there. We are changed into that same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Between every glory is a season of testing. Mm, yeah. Between God wants to take us from glory to glory, but between every glory is a season of testing. Your test may not be like my test. My test may not be like your test, but all of us go through this process of experiencing 
trial, difficulty, and a testing of our faith. So God wants us to go from glory to glory, but in between every glory, there will be a season of testing. So we might as well just understand that and even embrace that because, as we say, that's our portion. That's part of it. The maturity that is needed to get to where God wants us to be requires from time to time a fire, a enduring tribulation, a almost seeming like in the natural you're being punished, but you're not being punished. You're being pruned. You're being prepared. Because you can't go to that next level Unless God does something to you. That he might do something through you. It takes uh, spiritual understanding to recognize whether you're being attacked by the devil or whether God is allowing this thing to go through. So you have to spend time with God in order to understand the difference. Because if you don't understand that God is allowing you to go through this, you can get bitter because the season is seemingly too long. But when you recognize that this is a part of the process, you then begin to be like Paul. You rejoice in the midst of difficulty and trials and testings. I knew I wasn't going to get too many amens. That's okay. <laughs> Let's go to John chapter 15. Thank you, Lord. Let's look at verse 1 of chapter 15. And this is the Lord Jesus talking. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. Somebody say, I don't want that to be me. I don't want to be taken away. I want to bear fruit. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, the Bible says, Jesus says, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. So he prunes it. He allows through the pruning and the testing of our faith to promote us to the next level of glory. That's what pruning is. It's, it's a process of painful cutting away. Of cutting away those things that are not necessary for the next level. 
Cutting away the pride. Cutting away the selfishness. Cutting away all those things that would hinder us at that next level. You know, in the beginning, when we first get born again, God takes us as we are. But he does not want us to remain the same. He wants us to grow and grow up. And he has decided to uh, allow the pruning process as part of the maturation process. So he allows you and I to experience almost like a contradiction. The Bible says we're blessed. And sometimes it don't seem like you're blessed because of the things that you're experiencing. But you and I must understand something. That is a contradiction that the Word of God allows us to experience. Because He wants us to know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God does man live. He wants us to get to that point where even though we're going through pure hell, We still trust in the Word. We still trust in the living God. God is silent during those times a lot of times. You're looking for a word from Him and you hear nothing. It's at those times during that pruning process that you have to develop trust. So He purges us during those times So that we can understand that we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith and not by feelings. We walk by faith and not by our circumstances. We walk by whatever God says. That's the truth. When you get that bad report from the doctor, what are you going to do at that time? Amen. We rejoice anyway. We look to the Word instead of the diagnosis. We don't deny the diagnosis, but we look to the Word because we know that the Word is greater than the natural diagnosis. It's at those times that that we're being pruned by God to see if we believe what we say we believe. So... Covenant pruning is something that each and every one of us will experience in our Christian experience. Let's go to First Peter. Spend a little time there. First Peter chapter 1. Verse uh, 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy had begotten us unto a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So the scripture says he has begotten us unto a lively 
hope. Hope is expectation. Hope is biblical expectation. We're expecting God by way of his word, by way of his covenant, to bring us to great deliverance in our lives. We're expecting God to allow us to experience the resurrection life of Jesus Christ in our lives as Christians. We we expect that. We expect that at every turn. And you should. But also expect opposition to that. Also expect the enemy to encroach upon the covenant, to try to come against us. Let's look at verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6 is where I want to get to. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. That's some deep stuff right there. Paul is saying, on one hand, that the glory that that awaits us, which is in heaven, is certainly real. But during our earth walk, we are going to experience seasons of manifold temptations, seasons of heaviness, seasons when All hell breaks loose out of nowhere. And it's at those times where our faith is tested. And by the way, the closer you get to God, the more a lot of times that these things begin to manifest. The more you endeavor to do for God in his kingdom, the more of the heaviness you will experience from time to time. Now, it's not going to be forever. The Bible says it's for a season. But it's during those seasons where God strengthens us, where he gives us backbone instead of wishbone. Where he takes us to that next level with an understanding that God is God. And he is truly our bread, and he is truly our water. You got to go through some of these things to get to the point where you recognize that it's in him that we have our strength. It's only through him. It's only through the grace of God and the mercy of God that we are where we are. So it's during those times of heaviness, during those times of temptations, testing trials, is when we really, really seek God. I know y'all know what I'm talking about. We seek God more when we're going through than we do when everything's clear. When the skies are clear, we we pray. But it's a different prayer when you're going through. 
It's a different seeking when you're going through. So Paul says, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be. (laughs) Some of us have to have more than others, if need be. I believe I'm one of those who have to go through a lot. You too, right? Uh, In heaviness through many attempts, manifold, different trials, different tests. Tested in your finances. Tested in your body. Tested in your social life. Your family life. Kids acting crazy. But you have decided you're going to believe the word. That the seed of the righteous shall be delivered. It's in those times where we have to trust God. In spite of everything that we're seeing out here in the natural. In spite of everything that we're seeing as far as sickness and disease, as far as your finances are concerned. You're still going to believe God. And this is why in verse 7. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than that of gold that perishes. Though it be tried with fire might be found unto the praise and the glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. The trial of your faith. Everybody's faith is going to be put on trial. About a year and a half ago, mine was put on trial when I was diagnosed with cancer. That was a call that I had never had before. When the doctor called and tell you that you have cancer, it was a call that uh, I was not expecting. And uh, God let me know, he told me, the reason that I'm allowing you to go through this after it was all over is so that you could have compassion for others. He said, I've shielded you through your whole life. You haven't experienced very much trouble in this area of sickness and disease. I'm going to deliver you, but, but I wanted you to go through and see what it felt like to have to go through all those tests. To, to have to take, have blood taken and have to uh, have x-rays and have to wait on phone calls. The trying of my faith. It was needed at that time so that he could allow me to go to another level of believing. It's one thing to preach about it. It's another thing to go through it. It's one thing to to talk about the healing virtue of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's another thing to experience it for yourself. And God miraculously delivered me 
But I'm, but, but, but it was, a, it, it was something that I had to go through, I believe, in order for me to be able to me- better minister to those that I come in contact. Jesus was moved with compassion for those that he ministered to. He was moved with compassion. And compassion, God began to implant that in my soul even more for the sick and for those who are hurting. And the same holds true with us in whatever we go through. It's for a reason that God is allowing you to experience that what you're experiencing today. So that he can use you in a greater way. So don't be discouraged when these tests and these trials happen. But understand that God is molding you. He is the potter and we are the clay. Amen. So manifold temptations or a period of contradictory circumstances. You know the word, and yet the opposite is happening. It's during those times that you begin to learn to walk by faith. Let's look at verse 8. Whom having not seen, you love. In whom though now... You see him not, yet believing, you rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Peter says, yet believing. Your faith remains intact despite the fiery trial. That's what God wants. He wants your faith to remain intact no matter what you go through. No matter what the pruning, no matter what the pruning manifests, he wants our faith to remain intact. So that when we come out of it, we come out of it with an understanding of the covenant that we have with God. That it is powerful. And that it is faithful. And that the God of that covenant will never, ever let you down. But you don't learn that when life is easy. You learn that when, the, when it's raining and it's storming. And you don't hear the voice of God. You learn that in the darkness. That there's one who you can trust even when you don't hear from him. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Blessed be the God, blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the God of all comfort. That's what we want to learn right there. We want to understand that God is a God of mercy, 
and he's a God of comfort. We learn those things. We learn those two things about God in the midst of trial and the midst of testing. Okay. You, 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 you begin to understand that God is the only one. People can help you. But God is the only one who can truly comfort us. And we ought to look to him when we're going through the testing, when we're going through the pruning. Don't so much look to people. It's at those times we need to look only to God for our comfort and our peace and our strength in those times. Leaders should always ask God for mercy so that they may know his comfort. I'm going to say that again. Leaders should always ask God for mercy so that they can know his comfort. Because it's his comfort that's going to see you through. It's him allowing you, when all your strength is gone, to lay your head on his lap. And let his very being envelop your being. Let his strength become your strength. It's during those times. No man can do that for you. No woman can do that for you. No human can do that for you. Only God. And that's right where God wants us. That's just how he wants us. Totally dependent upon him. So we want to know his comfort and his mercy. Verse 4. Who comforted us in all our tribulation. That we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. <laughs> By the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. So as we go through the challenges, as we go through the difficulties, as God comforts us, and he will, why will he comfort us? It's because we're in covenant relationship with him. But that comfort that we receive from God, God uses that comfort so that we can comfort others who are going through similar trials and tests. Verse 5. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so also so our consolation also abounded by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the endurance of the same sufferings which we also suffer, or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. That's a, that's a long way of saying, if you want to be a, in leadership, be prepared to suffer. If you want to be in, in, in leadership in the Christian faith, just be prepared to suffer. That's part of it. The tribulation that, that Paul is talking about, just be prepared to take uh, a, a portion of that 
Be prepared to, to, to allow it in your life. Because God is wanting to get you and I to that place where we're able, again, to comfort others who are going through difficulty. And leaders have to be willing to accept that. Somebody said, well, I want to go to that next level. Be prepared. Be prepared to go through some things. Be prepared to experience hell like you ain't never experienced it before. Someone said, well, I want to be a preacher. All right. You all not want to be no preacher unless God didn't call you to be a preacher. Because some of the things that preachers have to go through, you don't want to go through unless you call to it. So when we go through these things, it's to prepare us to be better vessels for his kingdom glory. So, and we have, to, we have to look at it from that perspective or else you'll quit or else you'll give up. You have to always remember that God is preparing you for more. He's purging you for a purpose. He, he's preparing you to carry more. So that you can help more people. So that you can be a bigger blessing in the kingdom of God. Covenant pruning, that's what I'm talking about tonight. With an understand, when you're in covenant relationship with God, God gives you understanding concerning how He wants to bring you to that next level. And He doesn't leave you in the dark from that perspective. He, he wants you to always remember that He's faithful to covenant. So that you and I won't quit on Him when it gets hard. Okay? Go to Romans chapter 8. Paul, who went through a lot, says, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. So no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're experiencing, no matter what God is allowing us to experience in the suffering, in the pruning process, it's not worthy to be compared to the glory. Hallelujah. That place of divine glory that he wants us to experience for his kingdom glory. It's not worthy to be compared to that. So no matter how the enemy assails your mind, my, my, one of my biggest warfare things is he, he attacks my mind. He, he, he sends fiery darts to my mind. Particularly when I, when I first got born again. That was the main process, uh, battle, place of battle was in my mind, in my thought life. And God allowed it. He allowed the enemy to assail my mind. But he also taught, taught me how to fight. Amen. He also taught me how to cast down imaginations. 
and every high thing that exalts itself against God's knowledge. I had to learn that on my knees. I had to learn that while I'm going through all these different various manifested trials. The devil telling me it's not going to work. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. You're not going to get your healing this time. It's at those times where we have to engage the enemy by using the weapons of our warfare. The Bible says the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold that the enemy fortifies against us. We learn to battle and to fight when it's difficult. I don't know what you're going through tonight, but I'm here to tell you, you are a champion in Christ Jesus. Don't let the enemy tell you anything different. You would not have made it this far unless you were. Some of y'all have been through pure hell the last few years. But God wants me to tell you tonight, it's not worthy to be compared to the glory. Some of y'all are about to go to, to new levels. <laughs> Places that you didn't even think God could take you to, but he's about to take you there. He's about to lift you up, seeing you have went through the test and the trial. You passed the test. Hallelujah. He sent me to tell you tonight, you passed the test. Hallelujah. Now you're going to experience God on a level that you didn't think you could. When you felt like quitting, you didn't quit. You kept the faith. Paul said, I kept the faith. Glory to God. Let's go to Deuteronomy and I'll close there, I believe. Moses writes, All the commandments which the Lord which I command thee this day shall you observe to do that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land which the Lord swear unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord your God led thee these forty years in the wilderness to humble thee, to prove thee or to test thee, to know what was in your heart, whether thou wouldest keep his commandments or not. To humble thee is to deal with the pride in our heart. That's, that's part of the process. He wants to deal with that pride in our heart. So God allows us again to go through some of these things to exercise that pride out of our soul. 
It's the only way that he could, that he's able to do it. If there was another way, he would. But in order for us, him to deal with the pride, and I've, I've, I've had a lot of pride that he's had to deal with in my life. He's had to deliver me. Oh, and he's still delivering me. It's, it's a never-ending process where that pride is concerned. Amen? But he, 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 he dealt with Israel, he says, to humble you. To prove thee, to test you whether you would choose him above anyone or anything else. And that's key right there. He wants to prove us and test us to see whether or not he's first in our life. God will not be second. He has to be first. He'll not take second place. And so he, he allows us to go through some of these things so that we will only depend upon him and him alone. That's a very, very important part of the process. To get us to that place where we're dependent upon God and no one else. So he proves us and tests us. Verse 3. And he humbled you. And he allowed you to hunger. He didn't have to <laughs> allow you to hunger, but he did. He allowed you to not experience some of the things that the covenant promised. <laughs> the blessing of Abraham. Talk about it all the time. I preach about it all the time. But the contradiction is, I'm not experiencing the blessing of Abraham. My bank account. Is under attack. What am I going to do then? Am I going to quit and say this doesn't work? No. I'm still going to trust. I'm still going to believe. He humbled you and he allowed you to hunger. And fed you with manna. Which thou knewest not. Neither did thy fathers know that he might make you to know. So he has to get us to that point where he, 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 he wants us to know 100% that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word of this covenant. Every word of God does man live. Amen. But we trust only the word, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. We trust God Almighty. We trust Jesus Christ. We trust the resurrected one. We trust the one who we are joined heirs with. That he cannot lie. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. No matter what. We believe that us stand to our feet tonight. Covenant prune it. The way we get to the destiny of God is by allowing him access to us in this manner. Father God, we come to you tonight. Asking, as your word says, for mercy and for grace. 
You are the God of all comfort. You're the one who comforts us when no one else can. You're the one who strengthens us when no one else can. And we worship you. No matter what we're going through tonight, we worship you, we bless you, we pray. You're our God. You're our strength. You're our portion, God. And we love you tonight. We bless you tonight. We praise you tonight. In spite of everything we see. We look to you, Jesus. You are our champion. You're the one that makes life sweet. Like that old man said, though he slay me, yet will I praise him. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And amen.